Welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha, a podcast shared by David Roylance. This podcast is dedicated to guiding you to completely eliminate the discontent mind and the suffering it causes by attaining enlightenment. Learn and practice the teachings of Gotama Buddha that will guide you to fully attain a peaceful, calm, serene, and content mind with joy. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha or visit buddhadailywisdom.com where you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online learning resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Now, here's our teacher to share more. สวัสดีครับ. Hello and welcome to Daily Wisdom, Walking the Path with the Buddha. Today is our group learning program where we come together each Sunday and I share a chapter in this book titled Developing a Life Practice, The Path That Leads to Enlightenment. Today we're in chapter 21, which is titled Do No Harm. What is the future of the planet? This is where I help to bring to your awareness an understanding of decisions that you make on an individual basis can impact the future of the planet and what we experience in terms of the environment. Anybody who's interested in getting to this enlightened mental state where the mind is peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy, they're going to need to understand the natural law of gamma, of cause and effect, or action and result. This is where you understand when you make wise decisions, you're going to experience wholesome results. And when you make unwise decisions, you'll experience unwholesome results. This is your gamma, either wholesome or unwholesome gamma. And this topic related to the future of the planet is also based in gamma because everything we experience is a result of our decisions. So I plan to talk with you today and help you to understand a bit about this chapter, but also I plan to teach in a little bit unique way where I open up to a discussion to all of you to have a discussion about things that you're currently doing that's helping to improve the future of our planet. This way we can walk away from our discussion with various ideas that we might not have considered. So this is going to be an opportunity for you if you're in Facebook. Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom to be able to share with us some ideas and thoughts of things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis to improve the health of the planet. So I'd like to welcome all of you and at the same time invite anybody who's in YouTube or Facebook, if you'd like to come into Zoom, you can do that because then you'll be able to open up your microphone and share with us. But even if you're in YouTube or Facebook, you can still share and participate in this class by putting your thoughts into the comment section. I'll be able to read those during the class. So as I was sharing, Related to the natural law of gamma, of cause and effect, this is a natural law that your mind is awakening to as part of your journey to enlightenment. The anger, sadness, frustration, irritation, annoyance, guilt, shame, fear, stress, anxiety, boredom, loneliness, shyness, resentment, jealousy, the displeasure that the unenlightened mind experiences, this is the result of our own decisions that because of certain decisions we've made or not made, those feelings are coming up into the mind in the unenlightened state. But you can improve your results by gaining wisdom and making wiser decisions to train your mind and moving to this enlightened mental state where the mind's peaceful, calm, serene, and content with joy. 
One of the things that you're learning on the path to enlightenment is how to improve your moral conduct so that as you have relationships with different people in the world, you can improve in those relationships. You can make wiser decisions that produce wholesome results. If you have certain relationships now where you're experiencing hostility and bitterness and animosity and things like this, you can improve that through training your mind. You can improve your relationship and how you interact in the world through cultivating wisdom, making wiser decisions, and then this will produce wholesome results for you or wholesome gamma. And then if you continue to lack wisdom and you continue to make the same unwise decisions, you'll experience unwholesome results or unwholesome gamma. I use this word gamma where some people use the word karma. The word karma is in the Sanskrit language and it's referring to the same law. Well, the original teachings of the Buddha are in the Pali language and this refers to the natural law of gamma. If this translated to just one English word, I would just use that English word so everybody would immediately understand what it is that I'm talking about. But because it doesn't translate to just one English word, I still need to use this word gamma. So what you're learning is that everything you experience is a result of decisions that you made. This natural law of gamma is affecting you whether you're aware of it or not. This natural law of gamma, it's not punishments and rewards. It's not mystical or magical. It's not about who's to blame or who's at fault. It's a natural law that is functioning at all times, whether you're aware of it or not. And when you become aware of this and you make wise decisions, cultivating wisdom about this natural law, then you'll experience more and more wholesome results in your relationships and how you relate to the people in the world around you. For example, if you choose to be polite, kind, friendly, and respectful to the people in your relationships, you will tend to experience people being polite, kind, friendly, respectful to you. This is the results of your decisions. This is your wholesome results or your wholesome gamma as a result of making the wise decision to be polite, kind, friendly, respectful. But conversely, when you make the unwise decision to be impolite, unkind, unfriendly, and disrespectful, when you're experiencing that coming back to you from people in your life, this is also the results of your decisions. This is the unwholesome results of your decisions or your unwholesome gamma. So one of the things that you can do is you can completely clean up all your relationships and how you interact in the world with the people that you associate with and you'll experience improved results in your life. So while an individual in the path to enlightenment is moving to this higher consciousness or this higher mind, where you're awake and you have wisdom of this natural law and you're making wise decisions related to this natural law, moving to a higher consciousness is to have careful attention of your decisions, making very intentional decisions, thinking through the decisions that you make, understanding that any decision that you make, it's going to have some result. It's going to have some effect. And the more that you see the truth of this natural law, you understand that it's not only affecting the decisions that you make in terms of your relationships with people, but also in relationship to the planet itself. So in this chapter, I share various things that you could consider in terms of improving your decisions related to how you interact with the planet. In this relationship, that we have with the planet can be improved where we're not experiencing the unwholesome results of decisions that we've been making over the last several years. That this planet has 
deteriorated in the way that it's able to support life. And if we continue doing the same things that we've done in the past, we're going to continue to experience the exact same results. Whereas if we improve our wisdom and we make wiser decisions, we can experience improved results as it relates to the planet. Now, some people think about this topic of climate change or the climate crisis as a political discussion. I don't think of it that way. I actually don't talk about politics. I don't discuss those with anybody because instead I'm focused on helping people to understand the natural law of gamma and helping you to understand how to awaken to this natural law so that you can experience the enlightened mental state where the mind can be peaceful and joyful permanently. And I don't need to talk about politics in order to help you to be able to accomplish that. But talking about moving to this higher consciousness and understanding how to improve how we interact with the world, we can look at various things that people are sharing and then we can see the truth for ourselves. I've lived on this planet for almost 50 years and I can see that the environment has degraded over the time that I've lived on this planet. It's very clear to independently verify what scientists are telling us is that the planet and what we're experiencing in terms of the environment is slowly degrading. So when I wrote this chapter of this book, it was to bring to the attention of the students that you're going to need to pay attention to the decisions that you make related to the planet because we would like this planet and this environment to be here to support many people long into the future. So I started doing research and looking across various studies and various scientists and various sources to determine what are the best things that we can be doing in order to improve the way we interact with the planet, making wiser decisions that produce wholesome results or wholesome gamma. Because we have our own individual gamma based on individual decisions, but then collectively our individual decisions produce some type of result as a collective population. And our collective decisions in this area of the planet have led to the deterioration of the planet. So when I looked across various sources, I looked for commonalities of what were people actually agreeing to in terms of what they suggested in order for me as an individual, what could I do in order to help and benefit the planet to not be so impactful. And there were two things that people agreed with over all the different sources and research studies that I saw. I'll share those two things with you and then I'm going to open up to anything that you guys would like to discuss related to this topic. Rather than teach you everything that I shared in this chapter, which you can read on your own, I'm going to just share with you two key points of things that you can do on an individual basis that is agreed upon by many different researchers and scientists in the field looking at the climate crisis. The first thing that they shared that we could actually do as an individual in order to improve the health of the planet is moving to a plant-based food supply. That what they looked at is they noticed that you know one acre of land can produce, for example, maybe 100 kilograms of meat, or that same acre of land can produce maybe 50 thousand kilograms of broccoli or cauliflower or something like this. So the amount of resources that go into producing that 100 kilograms of meat, which only a certain number of people can eat that, those same resources can be used in order to produce 50,000 kilos of something like broccoli or cauliflower. And this is going to have a significant improvement to the health of the planet if more and more people choose to move to a plant-based food supply. Not only will it help the health of the planet, but there's many people in the world that don't actually have food. 
that there's famine in the world. And this can also solve that problem too because we can actually produce more food. But more and more people need to decide on their own that they would like to move to a plant-based food supply. The second thing that I saw that was encouraged by the research and the scientists to improve the health of the planet is they mentioned about how there's a significant amount of food that's actually wasted on a day-to-day -day basis. They looked at research in the USA that 40% of food is wasted. And they shared that if we just ate all the food on our plate, that this would have a significant improvement. It would be equivalent to taking millions and millions and millions of cars off the street in terms of the air pollution. And the reason why is because whenever we're wasting food, we're not just wasting the food. There's a lot of resources that go into producing food. In order to produce food, an individual needs to drive a truck to a particular place and purchase seeds. And then the seeds need to be brought back to the farm. They need to use certain resources to plant those seeds. They need to use certain resources to water them and nurture them. They need to use certain resources to harvest them, take them to the market, package them. People need to then drive to the market, purchase the food, bring the food home. So once it's at home, then they need to process it and prepare it and cook it. And then all the things that go into producing food, if 40% of it is wasted, you're not just wasting the food, you're wasting all the resources that go into producing this food. So this is two key areas that you could do on an individual basis to improve your relationship with the planet and getting to a point where you're able to interact with the planet in a wise way that produces wholesome results is you might decide at some point to move to a plant-based food supply that's something for you to consider and look at what you're eating and ensuring that you're eating everything that it is that you've purchased or that you've put on your plate so that then you're not wasting food and not only do we help the planet but we help people in the world who are maybe lacking in food and maybe experiencing famine and they don't have food. We can have a surplus of food that is shared with people who don't have food. So these are two things that I'm going to share with you here. And then I'll invite all of you guys to share if you would like to discuss anything that you're currently doing that could then help other people because we can all walk away from this conversation with two, three, four, five new things that we could potentially integrate and implement into our life that's going to help us to then interact with the planet in an improved way. So if you'd like to share something, you can put that into Facebook, YouTube, or Zoom. Or if you're in Zoom, you can electronically raise your hand and then you can open up your mic and just share whatever it is that you're currently doing in order to make wise decisions related to the planet. Okay, I'm not seeing anybody sharing yet. I don't see anything on Facebook, YouTube, or in Zoom. I'll just wait a few moments and if you guys don't have anything to share, I'll probably ending class. It looks like Yihang has something to share. Go ahead, ma'am. Hello, teacher David. Hello, ma'am. Yeah, I might want to share a couple or just a few thoughts on that. I feel like nowadays, like accidentally, I also, uh, from my work, I'm focusing on sustainability transformation of the company. So for me, I feel like also, I'm working on right now, this company is more of a heavy industry machinery provider. So it's more of like very carbon intensive sort of industry. And then 
this company is seeking a way to sustain the way how they do business and putting more of sustainability side of the part into the products, uh, whether it's integrating new technology or I don't know, looking for a better or greener supplier. So I feel like this to me would be a big way to better interact with the planet as well. That because I see a lot of businesses nowadays, they're looking for quick money and doesn't really mind or care about the whole humankind or even they're using like minor labors. I feel like in that way, all business runners or businesses, they should step out as well. I don't know somehow if they could or somehow would there be like the Buddhist teaching to guide through this way also? Maybe they could integrate thoughts from there and just do the business more sustainable or looking for a force for good. <laughs> I don't know. So I think this would be the thoughts that I would like to share. And I feel lucky to be in part of this journey that I could help business to look for a way to more sustainable run in it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Looks like Francis has something he would like to share as well. Good evening, David. Um, it was uh, a random thought. I see that you know around the world right now, there's so much of hostility, ill will, hatred, and all that between one person and another, or one group and another. Even in my own country, Malaysia, I see that happening. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that I will really impact everything. It's just that in my own personal life, daily, uh, daily activities, I, I try to uh, project loving kindness as well I uh, something big for me, where I be kind and gentle with people. And if people talk to me with some uh, intention of slandering or gossiping, I will just try to encourage them to just cut it off and uh, have good thoughts instead of having all these harmful thoughts. Um, yeah, this is what I'm doing every day. And also be generous. You know, um, I learned, I picked it up from you about the act of generosity. So like I uh, open door for people. I uh, allow the people to get off the lift first. And um, if I see some uh, elderly people that need help a little bit to walking to take something, I will help out in all that. So I just want to make the world a bit more peaceful, more happy, more joyful. Well, I don't know whether it's a big dream or whatever or not. It's just my, my thoughts, yeah? Maybe you can share your input on this one. Yeah, I think that anything that an individual can do in order to uh, improve the way they interact with the planet is helpful. There's so many different things that we can do. There was one particular day where I tried to do as many things as possible to help the planet. And I did on that one particular day, like 17 different things. What I was doing in terms of washing dishes or cleaning or riding public transportation or what I ate and things like this. There's plenty of things that we can be doing and integrate into our life. And remember that 
what you've learned about the human mind in these natural laws of existence is that the mind craves permanence, that the mind wants things to be a certain way permanently. And that's where the mind gets its pleasant feelings like happiness, excitement, elation. And then when it doesn't get what it wants based on its cravings, desires, attachments, it experiences those painful feelings of sadness, anger, frustration, and others. So the same way of saying that the unenlightened mind craves permanence is to say that it does not like impermanence. So whenever you implement change or you're even thinking about implementing change, the unrelated mind doesn't typically like this. So it will tend to push things away. But if we continue to hold on and do the same things that we've done in the past, we're going to continue to experience the same results. So recognizing that the unrelated mind craves permanence and it doesn't like change, what climate change represents, what this climate crisis represents is that us as human beings need to do something different because if we keep doing the same things that we are doing we're going to keep experiencing the same results and that change can be somewhat of a challenge for people and this is why some people really resist climate change and the climate crisis because they're not necessarily interested in changing what it is that they're doing and the mind doesn't like that change because it doesn't understand the universal truth of impermanence and it's craving and it's clinging and holding on to the things that we've done in the past. So this topic, you can relate it back to the Four Noble Truths, the very first teaching of the Buddha, helping you to realize that you're going to need to change in order to get to enlightenment. You're going to need to improve, continuing to do the same things that we've done in the past, the same unwise decisions, whether it's with our relationships with family and friends or whether it's our relationship with the planet, we're just going to keep experiencing the same results. So I think anything that someone might be sharing or thinking about or doing is really wise when you're implementing something that's going to be harmless and beneficial to the health of the planet. Yeah, I um, also another thing that I uh, picked up at what just now you mentioned about, you know, wastage of food. I look at it the way that, in the way that all this food that are wasted, you know, are unfinished, they're all going to throw it away and the process and the resources needed to recycle or decompose it, you know. I know that even in Singapore, there is a, a system where they flush out all this food wastage and all this garbage thing into the ocean. I can imagine the kind of money they use to do that and all that. So if people were to eat all the food on the plate and not waste it and all that, that would help to reduce the need for all this money spent on this type of uh, system. We can be used to good use for maybe education, for the healthcare of the of the country, or even even the, in around the world. And I see it, it really pains me to see people in uh, eating half the cup of water or the or tea they just left and drank. Mm-hmm. And some of the food they would eat is all not finished, you know, and they left. I say, oh, how come we are so wasteful? You know, that I cannot imagine. So yeah, so I'm also on a way to encourage people to finish off the food. Uh, my own family member, even my mom, she tends to eat a little bit and then don't eat at all. I say, you may need to finish the food so that there's no wastage and all that. So yeah, that's another thing I, I, I do too on a daily basis. Very good. Very wonderful, Francis. Thank you for sharing. Welcome. It looks like Mayu Lee is sharing something here on Facebook. I'll just read it out for you guys. Things that I do on a daily basis to help preserve the planet are, one, eat mainly whole food to reduce prepackaging from processed food going into the landfill. Two, 
use reusable bag or paper bag for groceries to prevent plastic from going into landfill. Three, recycle. Four, eat organic when possible to help prevent harmful chemicals going into the soil. Five, try to eat plant-based food as much as possible to help with global warming. Six, try to use less chemicals when cleaning. Seven, use less electricity and water when possible. These are all excellent. These are things that we can be doing on an individual basis. You know, even if you did one, two, or three of those things, but to have seven of these things to be doing on a regular basis can be really helpful. And as I mentioned, when you first start implementing some of these things into your life, you'll notice that the mind doesn't really like this change, right? It doesn't like this impermanence. It doesn't like change. The mind craves permanence. It wants to just keep doing the same things over and over and over again. The mind can often become complacent or dull or lethargic. But what you're doing on this path to enlightenment is you're training the mind to be comfortable with impermanence and even embrace impermanence and know that, yes, this impermanence is wonderful because we can improve, we can gain wisdom, we can do things in a unique way. But continuing to do things the way that we have done, we're going to continue to experience the same results. And you can see in your life that where you've continued to maybe be harsh or bitter or hostile, you're continuing to experience those same results from the people around you. Whereas if you improve what you're doing through changing, through implementing change, you'll experience improved results and wholesome results or wholesome gamma. And the same thing is true about the environment as well. Is there anybody who would like to share something that hasn't had an opportunity to share yet? Okay, I'm not seeing anybody else that is interested in sharing. So what I'll do is I'll share this with you related to the teachings of the Buddha. While the Buddha did predict in his teachings the climate crisis that we're in right now, you can see this in his teachings where he talks about the future and he talks about the climate crisis that we're going to be experiencing in the future. He talks about it during his lifetime. But during his lifetime, there wasn't the chemicals and the things that we have nowadays. He didn't give a time frame of when this would actually occur. He just mentioned about it. And you can see the details of what he was talking about in his teachings. Because if you can imagine 2,500 years ago, the Buddha was experiencing a much different environment than we have today. We have much more chemicals and pollution and air pollution. The things that are producing these pollutions, the chemicals namely, didn't exist during the lifetime of the Buddha. Even gasoline and oil and things like this, they were burning oil lamps, but not to the amount of combustion that we experience today based on gasoline-powered vehicles and equipment and things like this. So while he understood that climate change was going to come and he wasn't dealing with a climate crisis during his lifetime, he did provide guidance during his lifetime to his students about protecting the environment and ensuring that they didn't cause harm to the environment. And one of his teachings that he shared is actually still in place today. Some of you guys that have been around ordained practitioners, you might be aware of something called the rain retreat. This is where three months out of the year, the Buddha would encourage his students to stay at their home temple and not travel throughout the countryside. This was during the rainy season. And the reason why is during the rainy season, the ground would be very soft because there'd be lots of rain. And during the lifetime of the Buddha, there weren't well-defined roads and sidewalks the way that there are today. And land wasn't really marked out so well. So if you were traveling from one town to another, you would need to cut through people's land in order to walk from one town to another. And 
you would potentially be stepping on crops and you would be stepping on fields and you would be destroying the ability for this farmer to produce food because during the rainy season the land would be very soft with the water from the rain so he encouraged his students to stay in the temple because if you can imagine during the lifetime of the buddha there must have been thousands and thousands and thousands of people and if these people were roaming around throughout the countryside during the rainy season when the earth was soft they would destroy the crops they would destroy the fields and it would put stress on the population to be able to have enough food to sustain themselves because they didn't have the proper growing season during the rainy season. So even the Buddha 2,500 years ago, not even being faced with a climate crisis or having the chemicals that have impacted the community and the environment the way that they have during our lifetime, he was still teaching to be aware of the environment and be sure that you are aware of the decisions that you're making because there's this cause and effect or this action and result in every single decision that you make. Just to get to the first stage of enlightenment, an individual would have careful attention. They would pay close attention to the decisions that they're making because they would have already seen the truth of the natural law of gamma and this cause and effect or action and result. So they would have careful attention to any decisions that they're making related to their own personal life, related to their relationships, and every aspect of their life, including how you interact with the environment. So this is something that you're going to need to consider as you're making your way to enlightenment is consider how you interact with the planet in terms of the water usage, electricity, your food consumption, products that you buy, places where you buy things, your travel and the way you move about the world. These are all decisions that are going to impact the health of the planet. So as you're making your way to enlightenment and you're learning all the teachings like the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Five Precepts, meditation training, and all these other things that you're learning, keep close attention to what it is that the Buddha is really truly helping you to awaken to and the wisdom that he's awakening you to is the natural law of gamma of this cause and effect or action and result in every decision that you make is producing some type of result or some type of effect. So you can consider this as you're interacting with the planet. So I would like to thank those of you guys who chose to share with us and I'm going to end class here even though we usually have class for a much longer period of time. There's no need to continue forward. But I'll just remind you about the class for next week, which is chapter 22, which is titled The Mental Health, A Modern Day Delusion. This is where you're learning about how a lot of what we're talking about in terms of mental illness is a misunderstanding. And I'm going to be teaching you in the traditional method that I normally teach, which is me sharing content with you, where this particular topic of the planet, if you're interested in knowing what I have to share about that, you can read it in this book. You can download it from our website, which is buddhadailywisdom.com. You can download it there for free. You can take it and go print it. You can get printed versions on Amazon, or you can get them here at the temple as well. So you can read what I wrote and what I share about this particular topic. And then you may also decide to read next week's topic as well, which is where I'll walk you through helping you understand how there's a lot of misunderstanding related to mental health and mental illness in the world. That what we're describing as mental illness can actually be solved through training the mind in most cases. So that's what we'll be doing next Sunday. This Wednesday, I'm going to be guiding you in loving kindness meditation and then opening up to any and all questions that you guys have. So you're always welcome to join for that. So once again, thank you all for joining 
joining for today's class. I appreciate your dedication and diligence to learning and practicing the teachings. As you need help and you would like to seek guidance, you can ask questions in these classes. You can post in the Facebook group. You can send me a private message and you can schedule personal guidance where we can either meet here in Chiang Mai or we can meet online through Zoom. You can access all of this through our website, which is buddhadailywisdom.com. So thank you all. Have a very lovely and wonderful rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Sawadikap. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To provide support for this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash support Buddha. To access more teachings, visit buddhadailywisdom.com. There, you will discover a full range of courses, retreats, and online resources to assist you on the path to enlightenment. Remember to establish a daily, consistent meditation practice, along with learning and practicing these teachings. A well-developed meditation practice is the foundation in which to train the mind to attain enlightenment.